God, we get to be in the house of the Lord together. And uh, it is Christmas time. It's a special time for us in the church, just like Easter, right? Um, and one man, you know, regards one day above another, and another man regards every day alike. Uh, I think Christmas is every day, and I think uh, Easter is every day. Uh, but in case you don't feel that same way, that's okay. Um, today, we are celebrating Christmas. And I hope that uh, as we've kind of gone through this Advent season, have you guys seen this Advent calendar? You guys been going after this? A few of you guys. Um, so there's been some cool things this week, like uh, invite someone to church with you this Sunday. That was cool. This is something you can do every week. You don't have to just do it during Christmas. And uh, let someone go ahead of you in line. Uh, that was fun to do at Chick-fil-A this week. Uh, I was having some Jesus chicken. And um, anyway, sorry, too much. And uh, and then yesterday was amazing, right? So it was my son's Noah's 17th birthday. I'm trying to figure out how to be a dad of a 17-year-old. And he's trying to figure out how to be gracious um, with two parents that are trying to figure it out. And um, yeah, But happy birthday, Noah. Appreciate you big time. Yeah, you can clap for him. That's cool. Um, it's God's it's God's glory in in our lives uh, that we have a son and that he is a godly young man and uh, it's it's astounding. But on his twenty uh, on the twenty first his birthday yesterday, um, go out of your way to thank someone who works behind the scenes and goes unnoticed. And uh, had opportunity to thank the setup team this morning. Four or five guys just huddled around. They said, will you pray for us? And I said, I'll do more than that. Um, I want to encourage you guys and uh, love you guys. Because you know what? We come and it's just like, boop, there it is, a church. It's all set up. And then uh, you got the takedown guys that Andrew leads. And, uh, you know, somebody stays back after we all leave, and they just kind of put it all back in the box. So just want to make sure that we're, as we go through this Advent calendar, um, it's not just—it's not just like something clever we can do this month, all 31 days instead of just Christmas Day. It's something we can do all the time. And so, the title of the message today is uh, Christmas Every Day. Um, but really, if I was going to be even more clear, I'd just say Jesus Every Day, right? Because to me, Christmas means Jesus. I don't know if it means that to you. So let's just be really clear. Jesus every day. Jesus every day. Every day of my life, every moment of the day, only Jesus, right? That's what we're going after. So um, I thought since we're together and it's Christmas every day, at least that's our theme, we would turn over to Matthew chapter 1, and I would just read the Christmas story. Like we're in our living room on Christmas Day, getting together, because I won't get to see you on Christmas Eve like uh, we normally do. Hope that you'll get to a Christmas Eve service at one of the churches in town. And uh, so I figured, let's just read the Christmas story together to start off our, our Sunday morning. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. If you're there, say you're there. Good. Got most of you. I, see, I still feel a few pages ruffling which is a sweet, sweet noise, by the way. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed, engaged, kind of, to Joseph, 
before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. 50-50 shot, I guess. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Underline this in your Bible. For he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. His name's Isaiah. It's Isaiah 7.14 if you want to write it in your Bible. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. That's the Christmas story. There's a few other passages, and I've written on the back of your uh, bulletin or your notes um, a few passages you could read this week. Um, and so go ahead and just read through those passages. It'll get you after the Christmas story this week. Um, Christmas every day. Today I want to encourage you, okay? I want to encourage you to rest in and to respond to Jesus every day. I want to encourage you to rest in and respond to Jesus every day. Everybody say rest in. Okay, so relax. I know it's hubbub. I know it's like Christmas. Ah! My family's coming. At our house, we were moving furniture around last night. I mean, it was getting crazy. Relax. Rest in Jesus. That's what one of the things I want you to do. And then as you do that, as you rest in Jesus, would you respond to Him? Respond to who He is, what His name says He is, uh, what the Scripture says He is. So, um, let's not forget what Christmas is all about. It's about Jesus. It's about the birth of Jesus, who will save His people from their sins. Are you His people? Are we saved? then we don't have to be all hubbub, right? We could, we could just be like, relax in this thing and be like, you know what? Christmas is going to be what it's going to be. People are going to be who they're going to be. And we're saved in Jesus Christ's name and we're living an eternal life and it's amazing. So I'm going to preach from Isaiah chapter 9. So go ahead and turn over to Isaiah chapter 9. Again, I already said in Isaiah 7, this birth announcement comes out where God says, I'm going to send my son to save you. And so as you're turning to Isaiah chapter 9, I just want to remind us 
of John chapter 3, who this passage uh, reminds me of. John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. I think it's familiar to you, but I'm just going to read it for you. It's on the screen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. He didn't have another Son. This is His only Son. That whoever believes in Jesus should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, a little clarifier. God did not send His Son, Jesus, into the world to condemn the world. Matter of fact, Romans 8 one says there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. But in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Jesus is not condemned. Woohoo! I mean, I thought we'd get a cheer for that one. I know, you're just soaking it in. It's all good. Once you grasp that later today, you're going to be doing cartwheels. All right. But I know you're being just real prim and proper because it's church, you know, and, and that's cool. Kind of. But whoever believes in Him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already. So what does that mean? When you were born, you had a sin nature. You were condemned to death. You know, that's it. That's what it means. You already have that. So if you're living, and you're here, so you're living, you already have the condemnation. You get free from the condemnation today by believing Jesus Christ, His birth, His death, His resurrection, saves you from your sins. Because He has, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Who, what's the name of the only Son of God? What's the name? One name? Jesus. All right. Well, I'm going to give you five names today. Okay, five names that Jesus is called, and in uh, Isaiah uh, chapter nine, I'm going to pull one from chapter seven as well. So we'll go, let me read that one first. I'll come back to it at the end. It was what we already read. Verse fourteen, chapter seven, verse fourteen, Isaiah. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, listen, there's some context that needs to be done here. This is the northern kingdom. Okay, so if you're looking at Israel on the map, it's up in the north. Okay, Galilee area where Jesus did uh, a lot of his public ministry. And um, the northern kingdom, uh, King Ahaz. Um, and you know what? He's kind of a good guy, and then he really wasn't. And if you read just before this, and I'm going to let you read that because I've got to keep moving. Um, God says, ask for anything. As deep as hell or as high as heaven, ask. You ever wanted, I mean, what's on your Christmas list this year? Right? Did you, did you ask for big things, or are you kind of like, man, I just, I got everything I need. Uh, just give me a 20, you know? Or a gift card or something, you know? Or would you ask big? If, if, God, if God asks you, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want, Ahaz? You know, if, you, if God asks you that, I think I'm like, I got a list. Do you have a list? So it's kind of weird that he doesn't answer and he kind of is like, well, I'm not going to test God. And, you know, like, meh. And God says to him, this is a promise that God gives to Israel. He says, hey, I'm going to give you a sign. 
There's going to be a virgin. She's going to conceive and bear a son, and his name will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. I'll come back to that in a second because that's the fifth name I'm going to use. But this is a very important passage, and all of uh, Isaiah has all been kind of about um, wickedness and human wisdom and, and not really serving God. That's not very fun on Christmas, so let's get past that to chapter 9. Look at chapter 9. Chapter 9, he says, but there will be no gloom. Oh, I like this Christmas message. For who, who was in anguish? Maybe you've felt some pain in your life this year. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun, again in Galilee, and the land of Naphtali. But in the later time, he has made glorious the way of the sea. That's a road that leads from the east to the west. Assyria would have came on that road and taken Israel captive. Not a great road. The land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations or Galilee of the Gentiles. So it kind of sets it up. They're living in darkness. It's kind of gloomy. You have a whole past. Ahaz, the king, is like, meh, don't need God. God's like, I'll give you a sign. This is going to be it. And he describes it right here. Look at this. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has shone, a light has shone. You have multiplied the nations. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you. As with joy at the harvest, and they are glad when they divided the spoil. For the yoke of his burden, and the staff for his shoulder, and the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. Now unless you're a Bible scholar, you probably don't know what that day is. Because right? I had to look it up. Midian, something to do with Gideon, right? Yeah, Gideon. And it is found in Judges 6 and 7. I put that in your Bible reading as well. Especially read chapter 7. If you can only read one of the two, if you're like, eh, two chapters is too much. All right, just read chapter 7, that's fine. Gideon, do you know the story of Gideon? I'm going to give it to you real quick. Gideon had like a couple thousand men, eh, 30,000, eh, more than that. And God kept whittling it away. And all of a sudden, God's like, Take them down the river, see what they do, okay? And then these people will get to go with you to battle. It ended up being 300 people to go into a battle with multi-thousands of people against them. And it's God basically saying, hey, I'm the one that's going to do this. Nobody else can do this for you. Nobody's going to take you from darkness to light. Nobody's going to take you from joy to sorrow. Nobody's going to take you from loss to victory. Nobody's going to take you from war to peace, from pain to encouragement, like I can. Know that it's me. I am the one who can do this thing for you. He's just making it clear. Verse 6. It's 5, actually. For every boot of the tramp, tramping warrior in battle tumult, those are just fun words to say, and every garment rolled in blood, ee, 
Must be a war. We'll be burned as fuel in the fire. Oh, wars are done. We're just going to use all this stuff for fuel rather than for fighting. Here's our two verses to get to the end of it. Verse 6. For to us a child is born. And to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called, or is called, here they are, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace there shall be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. Wouldn't we like that right now? For this time forth, from this time forth and forevermore. Just get this last phrase. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let that sink in. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is not something you can do for yourself. This is something that's being done for you. And I want to encourage you to rest in and respond to Jesus. God the Father has sent the Son to be a baby, to grow up, to be a man who is sinless, to die on a cross for your sin, for my sin. Kind of feels like Easter right now. And yet it's Christmas. And then he rose from the dead, victory over sin and death. And that's what this passage is talking about. It's talking about a God who takes darkness and makes light. Can you relate in your life? Any darkness in your life? Yet God says, hey, 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 hold on. The zeal of the Lord of the hosts will make light in your life. That's encouraging. I want to rest in that. I want to respond to that. Any war in your life? I'm bringing peace. Any loss in your life? Any sadness or sorrow? I'm bringing joy. I'm bringing victory. That's an awesome Christmas message. So let's get after it. I'm going to give you five names that show us Jesus' character. Five names that show us Jesus' character so that we can rest in and respond to Jesus every day. Five names that show us Jesus' character. Let, let's just get this verse off. Hebrews 13.8. Anybody know it? For a candy bar? It's like back to my sixth grade janitor days. So I had a janitor when I was like in, in elementary school and he would always be tell, teaching us verses. I was at a Christian school and he'd be like, hey, hey, for, for a candy bar, where can I find the gospel in a nutshell? For a candy bar, where can I find, quote to me this or that. And this was one of the verses he always quoted. Hebrews 13, 8. Anybody know it? Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. So these names that we're going to use, they're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Every day with Jesus. He's consistent. He's the same. I'm not. You're not. But he's consistent. He's the same. And you can bank on these names. Here's the first one. Names of Jesus. Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful deals with his deity. It means exceptional 
distinguished counselor. Here's how I want you to rest in Jesus today. He's my personal God. God is very personal to me. And I pray that he's very personal to you. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? So here's the thing. Uh, this year, I've never really been to counseling. I have a minor in counseling. <laughs> and uh, so mo- mostly I self-counsel. And that kind of helps. And I use the Bible to counsel me. But this year I went to what's called an intensive counseling. Biblical counseling, where the counselor sat there and he said, tell me your story. Tell me your life story. We wrote it out, my wife and I. And we told him our whole life story, everything good and bad about us. And in between. And, and then he's like, okay, well, here's what I want you to do. And, and so he would give us some homework and we would rework this. And he would see some themes and he would pull on some threads. And, but here's what I know about this biblical counseling. It was a safe place to say what needed to be said. And it was a safe place to listen and understand. Now, if it's like that with a biblical counselor, can you imagine what it's like with a wonderful counselor? With the God of the universe who sits down and he's always there. You can always talk to him. And he's like, just tell me. I'm listening. He already knows anyway, but he's all ears. So I think the way you can apply this is to be honest with God. You know, sometimes people don't want to be honest with God. I'm reading this book about lament, where you complain to God. God, why is it like this? And then you remember his promises and why God is God and why things are going to get better. You can be honest with God. You can tell him how it is this Christmas. You can tell him if it's hard or if it's good. He'll, it's a safe place. And then listen, right? Listen to God as he speaks back to you through his word. It, wisdom in particular, if you want to get some wisdom from a wise counselor, go to Proverbs. It's a book of wisdom in our Bible. And you could just start reading Proverbs today. And get all the wisdom you could need. Matter of fact, you want to read through it a few times because you won't catch it. It's coming so fast. Wonderful counselor. Number two, mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty is hero or great hero. Very strong, very powerful. But the word God is the important one, right? It's just not like a superhero that comes... It's like Spider-Man, woo, you know? That's not it. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about mighty God. He's talking about a strong God. Since we've been studying um, John, I figured I would just recount for you the miracles for John. So John chapter 5, he heals the paralytic, right? The invalid walks. In John chapter 6, he feeds the 5,000 and then he walks on water. Who does that? A mighty God does that. Somebody who calms the waves, right? And controls all matter. <laughs> In chapter 8, he forgives the adulterous woman. Forgiveness for sins. That's a miracle. 
crazy. And in chapter 9, he makes a blind man, blind for 38 years, see. In chapter 11, he raises Lazarus from the dead. In our story here, a virgin gives birth. We're talking about a mighty God. We're not talking about like some superhero on a movie screen. We're talking about a mighty God. Somebody that can control and do anything. So again, my word is relax in my powerful God, right? Rest in my powerful God. And I think at Christmas, sometimes we try so hard to keep up appearances. We try so hard to do the right thing. We try so hard to be a good person so we get on the good list, not the naughty list. Only the kids got that. But here's the point. Here's how you can respond. Stop trying so hard. Stop trying to do it in your flesh. Read Colossians chapter 3. <laughs> Not try harder, trust God more, right? And then start to trust God more with whatever circumstance you're facing today. I don't know how easy it's going to be for you this Christmas or how hard it's going to be for you this Christmas. I don't know what you brought in or brought out. I do read the Connect registers and I pray for you. So I get an idea. But you know, things change so quickly and People don't always write down everything on the connect register, right? They're not talking to a wonderful counselor. They're, they're, they're writing it on a connect register. But you can trust him. With every little detail of your life, you can trust him. He's worthy. He could do a miracle in your life this week. He could change that person's heart. He could set you free from that sin. This week, do you believe that? That's the mighty God we serve. I pray that you believe that, not just today, but every day as we struggle to walk through this world and the sin that so easily besets us. Here's the third name, Everlasting Father. Lest you be confused, everlasting Father, we're talking about Jesus. Well, Jesus and God are one, so, so that'll work, but he's also talking about time here, not just Trinity, which is a word we add anyway. So he's talking about eternity, he's talking about always, and again, the word Father might bring something to you this, this Christmas. It might bring fond memories. It might bring sad memories. It might bring back horrific memories if you had a bad father. But you need to know this. You have an everlasting father. And fathers are supposed to be providers and protectors. They're supposed to protect and provide. And our Father, the everlasting Father, right? My God is a provider and a protector. And so this Christmas, you know, as you're around the Christmas tree and you're thinking about, man, thanks so much for giving me that trinket or toy or whatever. Are you willing 
to respond to Jesus by receiving good gifts. He's given you himself for salvation. His blood will pay for your sin. He's given you the Bible, the word of God. He's given you a relationship with him where you can talk to him at all times. He's given you good gifts, maybe a spiritual gift that you can use for his glory. He's given you a church to go to. And there's tons of them in town, actually. So he's been uber generous. He said that he'll build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I just think about how God provides and protects. And I'm astounded. And I want to receive good gifts from him. And then this, um, maybe you're in a prodigal situation or maybe you have a prodigal son or daughter in your family right now and you're just wishing that they'd come home. I think a good response to God as everlasting father is, you know, it's never too late with God. He's always going to be the same. And so you come back to him. You haven't sinned too much. You haven't gone too far. Come back to God. And that's found in Luke chapter 15. If you want to write that down and read about the prodigal son this week, that'd be good. It's a great story. And we're all the prodigal son. Unless we're not, and then we're the older brother who's really self-righteous and stuck up, and that's worse. Trust me. No repentance there. Just a bunch of like, Dad, what's wrong with you? He's our everlasting Father. Jesus provides access to the Father and He protects us from the evil one. And it's astounding that we can come back to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Alright, this, this next one. Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace actually means, and you wouldn't, wouldn't get this, Lord of Peace. Master of Peace. There's all of these like king-like phrases in this passage, but it never says the word king. It says the government will be on his shoulders. It says he'll be a prince of peace, but it never says king. He's the Lord of peace. And this is kind of the climax statement. Because if you remember, they were in darkness and gloom. And there was war, not peace. And there was darkness, not light. And there was sadness, not joy. And so this capstone of like prince of peace over the whole thing is the climax. His rule is going to bring about peace. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be complete. And he is trustworthy. Read with me verse 7. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Peace is used 25 times in the book of Isaiah. It's a theme in Isaiah that God is going to bring us peace. And you want to know what's astounding? He brings us peace in a baby. If you've had a baby recently, you understand that. Unless you got a really good one, there ain't no peace. For about nine months, 
For about nine months, it's everything but peace. I guess I had a couple colicky kids. Anyway, he's the Lord of peace. He's bringing peace. This is speaking about the millennial kingdom at some point. But spiritually speaking, we can have peace in our life. I want to show you this verse, Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. Very special verse to me. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. Remain, abide, rest in, relax. Stay on Jesus, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he's going to have peace in the millennial kingdom, do you think he can provide for you peace today? Peace is his nature. I think it's more about what I'm thinking about peace than what he's thinking about peace. Here's the point. My peaceful God, and this is, this is it, I want to get under the authority of Jesus Christ. And in getting under the authority of Jesus Christ, I have the possibility, the opportunity to be reconciled to God. Woohoo! That's awesome. Right? But not only reconciled to God, in being reconciled to God, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the opportunity or the possibility to be reconciled to other believers, other people in Jesus' name. That's awesome. We pray for that. Not only to be reconciled to God, but to be reconciled to our fellow man and to live in peace. This last one, number five. Kids, can you say five? Still with me? Five's a lot of names. Okay, give me the first name, kids. Give me the first name. Wonderful counselor. You ever been to camp? You ever had a camp counselor? Were they wonderful? Not as wonderful as Jesus is, all right? Just telling you, not as wonderful as Jesus is. All right. Second one, what's the second one? Mighty God. You ever sang the song, my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do for you? You ever sang that? I'm telling you, we serve a mighty God. And at Christmas, he's not just going to bring you presents. That's not what God's all about, right? He's going to bring you his presence, right? And that's Emmanuel. We're going to get to that in a second. What's the third one? Eternal or everlasting Father, okay? And then what's the, what's the fourth one? Prince of Peace. You all get a cookie. Well done. And I got to eat like 25 to be a judge. Oh, man. All right. Number five, Emmanuel. Remember what that meant? You remember in in Matthew chapter 1, he said, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Maybe the most astounding name, we sang it today, Emmanuel, 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 God with me, God with us, God is here, God right now. Do you feel him? 
Do you know it? That he's here. He's checking your thoughts. He knows what your heart is. He's pursuing you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Convicting you, not condemning you. That would be Satan if you're hearing condemnation today. Convicting you of the truth. I love it. Emmanuel, God with us. He's the very present God. The presence of God is with us. Really, it's the Holy Spirit. I don't have time to break down the Holy Spirit right now. How about we do that when we get to John 14 through 16? Okay? Deal. When we get to John 14 through 16, we'll break down the Holy Spirit and everything that He is, but He's inside of you, right? As your conscience. And then, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He fills you and dwells you. Don't grieve Him. Don't quench Him. Obey God and be filled with the Holy Spirit again and again. This is the last thing. Respond to Jesus this way. Practice Christmas every day. Practice Jesus every day. All right? Not just when the Advent calendar runs out. I have this Advent calendar here. It's going to run out on the 31st. I'm enjoying this so much. I'm just so thrilled to every day have some kind of tangible thing to just remember to be grateful and to show Jesus off, right? But when I get to chapter, or uh, to verse, uh, to, to today, uh, 31, am I done? Is Jesus, oh, that was good Christmas, all right, we're done. No. Jesus every day. And these are great examples of how you can, like, think of what to do. But man, Jesus will give you what to do because he's with you. If you just ask him, should I give this person money? He'll tell you. If, if you just ask him, I, I, I need to know what your will is today. And you rest in him, he'll lead you. Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus Christ, every day. So here's what I want you to do. Okay, You look down at your paper. I've given you this grid. It's, it's just this cool thing that you can keep with you. I want you to... Get after these names of God. I want them to mean something to you. I want you to first rest in them, but I also want you to respond to them. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to pick one. You could circle the one through five, whatever. I want you to pick one of these that's in particularly like necessary for you right now. I have two, okay? I have two that I'm like, no, I gotta be focused on this right now. This is really, really important. But I just want you to pick one. One of these names today and I want you to hold on to the character of Christ this Christmas. Who He is, what He's done, how He's come. And I want you to choose to rest in Him. I want you to find encouragement in that, in resting in Him. I want you to choose to respond to Him in a biblical way. I want you to find encouragement in, in when you respond to Him. And you see what God will do. He'll do mighty things as you rest in Him and respond to Him this Christmas. All right, Christmas every day. Every day this week. How many Christmases are you going to have? Give me, give me your number. 365, all right. No, but how many are you actually having with your family? Who's got more than five? Right? All right, all right. Yeah, somebody, somebody's got like outlanded like eight, eight, eight grandparents or something, and you got like eight different Christmases. 
hey, just remember, it's not about the number of Christmases you go to or the cookies you eat. I'm going to eat 25 right now. It's about Jesus Christ. Christmas is about Jesus Christ. It's about his name. One name. The name. Jesus Christ, who loves you dearly, who's trying to reveal himself to you, to show his character to you through all of these names so that you can understand him better and love him more. He loves you so much. Rest in him. Respond to him. Right? Hey, let's stand up. We're going to pray. And then we're going to go have some cookies. You guys excited? Before that, let's just worship the Lord one last time. Just to get our hearts ready and right. And and I want you to, hey, maybe you haven't picked out your word yet. I wasn't fooling. I wasn't like, oh yeah, well that was might have been a suggestion. I, I meant it. Pick a word, pick a name, and get after it this week, all right? All right, let's pray. God, thanks so much. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. We long to be with you, and we know that you're with us. God with us, Emmanuel. Your name be praised. In Jesus' name, amen.